Psalm 77, if you would, with me. Psalm 77. I want to talk about the next step. I want to launch into the second half of this year. And so I want to talk about the next step. And I want, I, according to Psalm 20, uh, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're thinking about, fearfully, expectantly, needfully, I see, I'm trying to go to Proverbs, excuse me. Uh, that's what's coming. As a man thinks in his heart, as he thinks, as he thinks, as he meditates, as he dreams, as he imagines, as he, he looks into the unseen realm, his imagination's out of his soul, but faith brings, puts, puts form on the word. And so we have to be very mindful of what we're thinking about. No fear here. We, we have to eviscerate fear because we can't handle what fear will bring. And it's endless. The same thing with faith. It's endless. So um, let's just talk about some things here tonight out of the word and just provoke ourselves to love and good works. I'm not here to teach you. I'm just here to provoke you. But you could take this right here and you could provoke us. It's not me that's got this. It's just the Holy Ghost. It says in, in Psalm 77, uh, in verse 16, The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee. They, the waters, were afraid. The depths also were troubled. Sounds like something that's under subjection. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lighted the world. The, the earth trembled and shook. And then verse 19. Of course, this is talking about the children of Israel running across the Red Sea. It says, thy ways in the sea and thy path in the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. Thy path is in the great waters. So in this particular example... There was a place of deliverance, uh, hiding in the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty. We could go there and talk about how our deliverance is in the Lord. And like Joey's testimony, you didn't even have time to say, now, Lord, they, they've said this and, and they've said that, I'm, but I'm believing. The, the duckwork was on him in a moment. It, uh, um, Melissa and Barry, when, they, when that car came across that lane on West 82, West 82 in, in Northport, there, there's, there's no, it's what's in you at that moment. Right. If it's not in there, it's like dying. It, whatever's in there, <laughs> that's all that's going to take you wherever you're going, whatever's in there at that moment. And so we are different. We, there's a generation that'll never die. Just one generation that'll never die. Just one generation that'll never die. I think it's us. I believe it's us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going up anyway, whether it comes out of the grave or it comes out, you know, quickens us. We who remain, you know, but I think it's that close myself. And if you'll get Joe Morris's book, you'll you'll believe it, too. It's a, it's a good read. The living says, when the Red Sea saw you, how it feared. It trembled to its depths. 
Boy, don't you know the Lord was moving on that little body of water. When water fears. The clouds poured down the rain. The thunder rolled and crackled in the sky. Your lightning flashed. There was thunder in the whirlwind. The lightning lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Then it says, it just like pause. Your road led by a pathway through the sea. A pathway nobody knew was there. The point here is, is if God prepared a pathway for those folks, he sure got one plan for you and me. So when trouble does come and Jesus said in the world, you will have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer. I've made a pathway for you. I've got a way out. So that's as much of our motivation for staying tight with the Lord, not just saying, well, I'm going to heaven. So I'm just going to go to heaven. I'm going to live like the devil here, but I'm going to go to heaven. Boy, this world's a pretty tough place to get through. Okay, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over inclement weather and over every home and property of River Church in Jesus' name. We tell every storm, every destructive wind to go over, go around, and be without cause in our lives. In Jesus' name. We deliver Tuscaloosa County from the destroyer, and we say we are delivered by the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So uh, in Exodus chapter 14, let me just read that to you out of the living because this is a companion verse. It says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Don't you know that's what the Lord's telling us? Did y'all uh-huh? Just stand where you are and watch and you will see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. Well, back then it was Moses talking. But you know what's talking today? It's the word of God. Moses said what God was thinking, but then he wrote it down and tells us what he's thinking. Uh, the Egyptians you are looking at, you will never see them again. That seemed impossible in that situation because, you know, the, they had chariots and stuff like that. The Lord will fight for you and you won't need to lift a finger. Well, that's prophetic. It actually happened in that moment, but it's a shadow. It's a type. It's a it's a pattern for us. You won't have to lift a finger. Now, in the Old Testament, God was in control. And so he controlled everything. If they if they would line up, act right and, and, and say, yes, sir. Well, then he would cause things to happen that would deliver them. Now, we, on the other hand, have been given all authority. So it doesn't just happen. We have to speak. We have to stand our ground. But it's no different because we just do it. They had to believe and we just believed that we're doing it. He's, so he said, don't be afraid. Stand where you are and watch. I like that. that, that don't be afraid. Stand where you are. Watch. So it says, what it's saying is, is this is in the Living Bible. It says faith rests. Let's say it together. Faith rests. And then you could put a pronoun in there and say, my faith rests. So how do you know if you're in faith? Well, there might be several things you could tell. But one thing that it's always a part of it is faith rests. Because faith has it. Faith is present tense. It's not future. I have it. It's mine. It's done. I'm not looking for anything. 
I'm not waiting on God to do anything. I'm not looking for the good report. I mean, I don't want to criticize that, but people are always saying, pray that I'll have a good report. Well, you know, I know what they mean. You know what they mean. But actually, 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 the good report will reflect about what's already done. Amen. So don't be afraid. Stand where you are and watch. I think we ought to write that in our Bible somewhere. It's a real encouragement, even though it's Old Testament. Uh, so we say, we say, Dr. Cole said this many years ago. I picked up on it and made it a standard in my life that decision is the place of power. Decision is the place of power. When does the power of come? Come, Lord, send the power. Well, he already, he already sent the power. But when does the power come into my life? I make a decision. That's what faith is. Faith is just a decision. It's when you don't believe, you don't know, you don't, uh, but all of a sudden you change your mind. Revelation comes and suddenly faith rises up and faith rests. We just tuck it into bed, pat it on the back and say, you're good. And we weather the storm. We go over the trouble. So I want to talk about just real quickly, just a few minutes here, about changing our approach. Because there's a real tendency or a real, uh, not tendency, but uh, uh, temptation to wait on God to move. Are you all listening to me? To wait on God. In other words, we're reactive. When he does something, then we will make a decision on that. But I like, uh, uh, who was it that said, uh, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, that's who it was. He said, I don't always wait on God to move me. I move God. You go, that's crazy. No, our faith moves God. Faith moves God. That's what moves God is faith, not circumstance, not, not suffering, not deprivation, not unfairness. Not disease or lack does not move God. He's already been moved by that and he sent Jesus and he solved the sin. He solved the curse problem. And so he's not moved by that because he's already fixed it. He thinks <laughs> that it's fixed. He thinks it's done. He thinks that it's finished. So I, I change, we change our approach. Get out of waiting. When he does something, we'll know it's time to go. No, it's time to go right now. If you believe we're that exception generation, even if you don't, you just got so many years to live. Even if it's 100, glory to God. Kim Copeland said he's going to 120. Well, you got to have something to do to go to 120. Because hanging out, just hanging out and letting people take care of you, it is not faith. You got to say, I need that in order to live that long. Well, I have not developed faith for 120. But that's just, that's just me. Luke chapter 15. Would you turn there with me real quickly? Or slow as a snail if you want to. Luke chapter 15. You know these stories. We'll just slip through them and talk about changing my approach. Luke chapter 15. Changing my approach. Because we all want to go to the other side. I said we all want to go to the other side. But the approach is what determines when we'll go. 
Well, if we're waiting on Jesus to say, uh, let's go to the other side, he may have already said it in the word or in your heart or in something where he's already said, let's go to the other side. But we didn't hear him walk through a wall. We didn't see him walk through a wall and say, here I am. I've come down to visit you. And I say in my own name, go to the other side. And you go, well, I hadn't had that yet. Oh, sure we have. Because that's not how he operates, is it? He, we read the word. We meditate the word. We live in that word. And he tells us it's time for you to giddy up and go to the other side. Oh, that's a new approach, isn't it? So uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11, we love this story. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, when he'd spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent himself into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, now, I pray that all the time for people. You got somebody that's on the ropes and in the rocks and don't seem interested in the hour that they're living in, the consequences that are right out in front of them. I, I pray two things, that, that God would lift up a labor to put it in their path, someone that they will live, uh, listen to. That's what we ought to pray for ourselves. Lord, put someone in my path that I will listen to. Because you can get numb to pastor. You can get numb to this pulpit. You can get numb to this. And I have a certain syntax and a certain approach and a certain way I deliver things and it's just a part of me. And you can get used to that and just tune it out. And then you read the Word and we know how to read the Word and we know you, generally when we're in the Word what's going to happen next. And so we, you know how people do. But we need someone to come into our life and not necessarily say, you're, you, you're, gonna, you're under destruction, but someone to stir us up. The word says, provoke one another to love and good works. And that is my job, but that is also your job. I heard that, yes. And when he had came to himself, he said, I uh, looked it up in the Passion uh, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought. Well, it's real easy to point to the, the, the prodigal and say, man, how'd you let yourself get in that shape? And why did it take you so long to come to yourself and say, I will go to the Father? But then if the Lord, and he is, he would point that back to you and me. And he'd say, hey, when are you going to come to yourself? Well, Lord, I'm not righteous living and I'm not this and that and this and that. And we would justify a life that's apart from God, but not evil or wicked. We're, in other words, we're, we're ethical and we're moral and all those things. Are, are you listening to me? I'm, yes. I'm, I'm making a point here about when he came to himself. Well, I would put myself in that sense. When I came to myself, I've had some come to myself times where I just suddenly realized 
Son, you were on the road to no good, destruction, not destruction like evil and sin and all that. But this is going nowhere. You're wasting your time. You're, you're, instead of doing what only you can do so that you can do all that you're called to do, you're doing stuff that's fiddle-faddle. You're doing stuff that's just idle. It doesn't profit you. It doesn't rest you. It doesn't inure you. But here you are. And I've had several. I, have y'all had any come to Jesus moments? And we're not going to tell them because they're personal. And, but they're real. And I say that in the middle, the middle of 2022, it would behoove us all to check, just check in and say, is there a Jesus moment? Is there a come to myself moment in me where I've become listless, apathetic? I hesitate. Uh, I'm not uh, on fire, so to speak. Then we'd have to say, are you backslid? And then we'd have to examine that and say, that's not where God wants me. That's not what he's put in me to have and do and be. So giddy up. That's what, that's what we say. We don't have to condemn anybody. You won't have to turn and burn and get right or get left. But we need to be stirred. We all need to be stirred. Well, when the, when the church gets stirred up and when they come in and when there's a need, then, then, then. And I say we need a new approach. We need to find them where they are. And we need to get ready for when they, all the things that you think in your mind that they're going to do. So decision is the place of power. The prodigal decided to take a new approach. The children of Israel decided to take a new approach. He said to them, be, don't be afraid. Stand where you are and watch. And, you know, if we went back and visited that, we'd say everybody's liver quivered back then. Everybody, Pharaoh was mad as hops coming over the hill. He'd been whooping on them anyway. What is he going to do to them when they, he catches up? And they were fearful. And he said, take a new approach. Don't be afraid. Stand where you are. Watch. That's a new approach. Well, you're not afraid of anything. Well, that's because you're an American and because you're middle class or, or I, I wouldn't put anybody in any class to speak over you. But I'm just saying we're at least and we got our needs met and we got indoor plumbing and <laughs> we got air conditioning. <laughs> we should stop a little while and thank God for air conditioning. Praise God. So uh, in John chapter five, go east just a little longer. John chapter 5, you know this story. Chapter 5, verse 2. Everybody there? Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, or the sheep gate, a pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda. Bethesda means mercy. So there's a, there's a mercy gate. In those days, in, the, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So what was their approach? Well, they were waiting for the move of the water. And they were not thinking about anything in between waiting for the move of the water. And, you know, as we see this story unfold where the man said, somebody gets in in front of me, you could develop a little attitude towards somebody that's, over there on the edge of the pool, he's just going to fall in. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first 
after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Uh, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years when Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, would you take a new approach? Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir, here's why I'm not made whole. I have no man. And when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Now, how many of y'all know that's never going to get healed? And if you're waiting, if I'm waiting on something to happen before we figure out God's interested in our situation. And let's just stop here and say he's very interested in your situation. He is intense. He is totally focused. He has, he has uh, marshaled every reserve and every opportunity and every relevant angel into your life to bring to bear what you're believing for. He has so focused on the new man that we are. There is nothing that he would say, you know, not today. Not until there's 10 of you. I'm not going to do that. He's intense. He's not disinterested. Well, I hadn't heard from him for a while. This is how we hear him. If I say anything to you from this pulpit, if anybody does, it's because we're speaking this. I have nothing to say of my own. But we will, we will stir up the word and we'll be stirred up. So he needed a new approach. And so Jesus asked him, wilt thou be made whole? And the man had a, had a whiny thing. But something about the way he said it, where he, he didn't just say no, he, he, he parlayed a, a, a rationale that said, I want to be. I've got, I got issues. I've got things here that are binding me or slowing me down or limiting me, but I want to be healed. And Jesus said, that's close enough. And I'm telling you, a lot of what we could do is not the absolute, but it's close enough. And the Lord's going to, he'll take care of you. But we do, even if we take a baby step, we need to be moving towards him. So I say in the second half of 2022, we're going to be moving towards him. For whatever we did before, maybe you've been moving, maybe you've been running, maybe you've been galloping, whatever. We're not, we're not, we're not castigating anything. We're just saying, let's at least do that. Let's, let's uh, giddy up. So decision is the place of power. And this man decided to change his approach. Decision is the place of power, of power, of power, of involvement from heaven. And this man decided to change his approach. He didn't, he didn't, it wasn't any different on God's side. He just changed his approach. In other words, he opened the gate and said, let's, let's do this different. Come on in, Lord. Uh, Mark chapter 5. Let's slip back to Mark chapter 5. Just use, there's a gazillion examples, but we'll look at these. Uh, you know this one, verse 25 of Mark 5. And a certain woman would ha which had an issue of blood 12 years, and it suffered many things, many things, many things. So where was God? We are suffering many things. And had spent all that she had, all that she had. She cleaned it out. Her health 
was more important than her finances and nothing was nothing better but rather through grew, grew worse so I'd say she that you, you would say this thing was going downhill it's time to take a different approach now do you have to have your life in a sling to say hmm I'm tired of the pig pen I'm tired of 38 years in this condition I believe I'll take a new approach. Does it have to be negative? Does it have to be almost to the bottom before we go, wake up, son. This thing could go on longer and it could not get better. If God's not going to change and he's not, then I have to take a different approach. And my decision, my decision to say, I will do it different will be the place of power. Well, golly, I thought we was waiting on God. I thought with the kingdom was rocking along like a slow video, a slow-mo video, and we're just watching it until it gets to the, the, the cowboy shooting up the town or whatever, you know, it's something exciting. So decision is the place of power for her because she said, I, if I may, but touch his clothes. Now that's a different approach. Are y'all here? So she went the doctor route. She went the pay all your money da uh, route. And then she heard about Jesus and said, said, I'm going to take a different approach. And you know the story how the law was she couldn't be seen in public or be in public. or it, she, she went against everything. But she had a different approach. And I'm going to encourage you and me tonight to consider a different approach. Not radical. It's not you don't have to carry across across Alabama. You, you don't have to live in a tent or you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about just changing sometimes five degrees, five degrees, five degrees from here to the back of the church isn't but two feet. But if we go 10,000 miles, five degrees is between here and the moon missing it. So we could take another approach. Hallelujah. Decision is the place of power. She decided to take another approach. So your next step, my next step is very important to God. I said my step. I didn't say God's step is very important to me. I said my step is very important to God. Because he's ready. The Bible said of the prodigal's father, he was ready. Only when, when he got home, they put shoes on his feet. Do you remember that? Well, slaves never wore shoes. And the first thing they did was slap some, some uh, kids on him. Hallelujah. <laughs> some converse, something like that. Uh, so here it is. I won't be long. There's a next step to open the next door. And if you and I are waiting on the next step, Lord, send, send the next step. No, his, his is the door. Mine is the next step. Well, what would it be? Ah, we pray in the Holy Ghost and we stir up the next step. Is that right? We pray out the mystery. What's the mystery? The mystery is the next step because the door is in front of us. The door is waiting to be opened. But it's me that has to take the next step. I have to have a different approach. If I have a, a reticent approach where I'm just waiting 
Well, you, God knows where I'm at. If he wants me to do something, he sure can tell me. He's, he's already told you. If you sleep at night, he's talked to you. If you ever stopped your busy life and just said, I'm going to meditate the word for a minute, he'll be talking to you. And you can deny it and say this, that, and the other, but it's not true. He's true, and we're not. He's been talking to you. And you go, well, he didn't give me a worldwide ministry. He didn't say go to Zimbabwe or in the Netherlands. Ah, he must be that next step. Might, might not be the whole journey. Might be just the next step. Whenever I order books, it's a step. I see a book and say, what about this? Yeah, I order that. Well, the book came in and I was expecting great power and great whatever. No, I wasn't. I said, I'll read the book and I'll take a step by reading that book. And it'll, it'll equip me. It'll stir me up. It'll encourage me. It'll, it'll fix something that's wrong in my thinking. So the key, the key is waiting for us. It's waiting for us. Well, doggone, if I'd known that, I'd have been, I'd been jumping in. Ah, new approach. The man had been there 38 years. Oh, well, I don't know if he'd been there, but he'd been lamed up. 12 years for the woman. Children of Israel had been in bondage 420 years. And finally, Moses showed up and said, let's have a different approach. I'll go talk to the big guy. And I'll show him some stuff he's never seen. He had a different approach instead of just waiting on Pharaoh to say, I've had enough of y'all. Second uh, Corinthians 6, 2 says this. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Can you just say it by faith with me? Now is my time. It is. Now that's decision is the place of power. If you believe now is your time and that when you wake up and your baby blues pop open in the morning and you go, this is a new day. This is my day. And something is going to happen today. You can sense it already in River Church. The depth and the, and the breadth of the testimonies is not just like, well, you know, there was a rock in the sidewalk and I stepped over it. Praise his name. You know, we're, we're getting, we're all experiencing something from our previous uh, 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 jumping in. So, question, question, question. What is your place of power? Y'all say it. Decision. Okay, I'll do it again. Y'all kind of got a cheat sheet here. What is your place of power in the kingdom of God? Decision. Nothing happens till you decide. God's not just saying, you know, this would be best for you. So I'm just going to do it for you because I know best and you, you're not getting it. So I'm just going to do this. He doesn't do that. Y'all know he doesn't do that. There's people that have heard about Jesus all their life and they go straight, straight to hell because they didn't decide. So they needed a new approach. They thought what they were doing was more important than what God was doing. And it cost them everything. Well, it's not going to cost us that. But what if we don't fulfill our calling in that we just didn't have an approach? We were just the church world. The model for the church world is just uh, uh, rest in Zion. 
And when this move of God comes in, then we'll all giddy up. We'll all jump up and we'll all revival will break out and the churches will be full and healing will flow. And I believe all of that. But we are the ones to bring the move of God. It's not it's not just him. Now, he knows it's coming. He's already looked ahead and saw what it's coming. So he's talked about that, but he doesn't cause it. He moves on us and we cause it. And so we look back and say, well, there was a move of God, just like Azusa Street. He wanted that. The, the, the healing revival 11 years, he wanted that. And we look back and say, look what God did. But it was some men, it was some women that said, we need a new approach here. We've been given something in, in uh, Brother Seymour's uh, example or his uh, place. He had instructions. And so he took a new approach. It changed everybody. So I'm going to say some things. I'm going to say my decision is to take the next step and it will change everything. My decision will change everything. My decision, y'all help me, my decision will change everything. Now you got to believe that. I mean, you got to just get off high center and say, When's God going to do something? When's this going to get better? It's incremental. It's just like slow-mo. You know, it, no, it's this. It, the kingdom is going. So I'm going to take a step toward my miracle. I'm just waiting on a miracle. Well, maybe that's the wrong approach. Let's get a different approach. I don't know what that would be for you, but if you need a miracle... And maybe you're not desperate for a miracle. Maybe you're not in pain and maybe you hadn't got a prognosis and maybe you, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you. But what if you're just standing there with both feet on the ground looking out there and say, it's got to be better than this. I need a miracle to get unstuck. So it doesn't have to be we're in trouble. We want to get back to normal. No, we're normal. We want to get out there where he is. I'm going to take a step toward my healing. I'm just waiting on God. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. We are not. It is totally up to me. Because if I take a step, if I make a decision, power will be leashed, unleashed. I'm going to take a, a step towards a paid-for home. Well, we know that's his will. He's had us pray that out for years, all of us. And it's been happening. Y'all say amen. It's been happening. And you're not exempt from all of the promises being yes and amen to you. You're not exempt. You're not the exception. But you just didn't have the right approach. Well, why didn't you? Because you just, just didn't. Just didn't want to. I'm going to take a step toward a paid-for car or paid-for cars. It takes two to get around. If you're married, you... you, you. I'd have three, but there's no driveway. I'm, I'm, as it is, I'm parking in the neighbor's yard. Uh, uh, but I'd, I'd get me a truck, just haul lumber. I, no, I'm through with lumber. I'm through with lumber. Never mind. Uh, no more pickaxes, no more post hole diggers, and no more lumber. That's my, my thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a step toward being a soul winner. Not just a step. You don't have to throw yourself completely in it and say, I can't do that, so I'm not going to. Just take a step. Just talk to the waitress. And uh, 
I, we prayed for a, a waitress at IHOP one time. She's obviously got some issues, and so we prayed and, and, uh, and spoke to it, and she, nothing changed, but she's, she's, she, knows, she knows me. And we're going to get another shot at her. Uh, take a step towards being debt-free. Now, that's a good step. So how would you take a step? I don't know. I don't know how you would take a step. I'm not, I'm not up here to tell you how to run your life. I'm just telling you, you need a new approach. We have miracles like being, you know, debts just obliterated. That's a good approach. School debt and car debt, the whole thing. I'd take a step. I'd take a new approach. I'd say, I wonder if there's another scripture that would speak to my situation better than the, oh, I'm not speaking to my situation. Yeah, so a scripture would probably help, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, take a step toward your giving threshold. Every, every You know, I, I went to a restaurant today, and they listed the 18%, the 20%, and the 25%. Well, I want to give, give them all, all I can. But, you know, going up on the percent when the food's already going up, you know, 15% of more is more. And so 18% is not like 18% of the old. It's everything's more. So I'm just saying we all have to be stirred up about our giving threshold. I remember when we talked about it, Coker, about giving in every offering. Now, we don't talk about that anymore, but it's still true. I never, I never go to any service that I don't have an offering. Because as I extend myself, I'm, I'm, I want the Lord to extend himself. So, so we would occasionally take a new approach to our finances and say, well, I need a better job, or I need the, the, the boss to do this, or I need to save on that. Well, that's a, an approach. But maybe an approach would be, instead of giving this, I'm going to up it up to that. Many of you have already done that. It's obvious that you have a threshold of giving. Now, that's none of my business. None of my business, but I'm here to exhort you to love and good works. Hallelujah. Uh, this is good. How about taking a step towards making someone's car payment? Do you think, do you think that would roll you into the water when the angel was stirring it? Do you think that uh, touching the hem of his garment would change things? Do you think making... We had a testimony the other day about someone paying ahead in McDonald's. That's powerful. Because it didn't change them. They, they, they were going to eat there anyway, but it changes us. It raises the threshold of how we think. And I am generous. I say that of myself. I am generous. It's my number one goal in life is to be generous. Whatever I have, whatever I am, whatever I could be, I just want to be on the generous side. How about you? That's excellence in God. Uh, take a step towards missions. That when we have a missionary come in, we, we don't tip them. We don't just say, well, good enough, or a speaker for that matter. I want to have, have some good speakers. And they don't ask me for money or how much y'all going to give me. They don't do that. We wouldn't have them if they did. But we want to be a blessing. Because we want somebody to be a blessing to us. So we, we would raise our threshold. How about if we took a step toward prayer habits? 
I mean, I need to take a step towards exercise. I'll just tell you, I don't, I don't like the winter, it's cold, and I don't like the summer, it's hot, and I don't like the spring because there's pollen, and I don't like the fall because there's football. So how's, how's that? <laughs> well, maybe I need a new approach, you know, or something. I'm, I'm making fun of myself. But how about prayer habits? How about if we, we say, God, would me praying different or in a different way or with different people, would that change my power? If I decided I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that and something that used to be a reason why you couldn't pray this way or pray that way, like for me, summer and winter and all that. Uh, uh, you just say that that's I've, I've stood on that excuse or that rationale or that approach, but that doesn't even apply to me anymore. Things have changed. It probably wasn't valid when we said it the first time, but for sure now it's like. You can't rest on that. Need a new approach. How about uh, taking a step towards increasing our friends? I'm on that this year. I mean, you can be on it with me. But I am calling people and say, let's go eat. I found that scripture. Let's see if I've got it right here. Uh, well, I, I don't think I do. But scripture, it's in Proverbs. I will find it again. Uh, I think I read it Sunday. It talks about God prospering you to make friends. Because it, it costs cash to have friends. Are y'all in the tree somewhere? Are y'all? It, it costs friends. Because you can't just always step up and say, uh, it's the ticket's his. <laughs> you know. And then... How about taking a step towards discipling others? That's what we're doing in River Church is we're discipling others. We did that with our river teams. We, we did that with, uh, with uh, their team. And uh, we're going to do that with men. We're going to disciple others. Because you and I owe a tremendous debt to somebody that either prayed for us or opened the door for us or invited us or taught us something. You may not can put your finger on what it was that opened the door, but it was open because it doesn't come open unless somebody opens it. And so we need to open some doors from other people. And not give up on people. Amen? So I'm taking a new approach. You, you can call it revival. You know, they'll put it on the church sign. Revival this week. We need more than a week of revival. We need a new approach every day. But that's what we're made of. You know, it's an emotional thing when you put revival on the sign. And you get people to do this and do that. And I'm not against that, of course. That's how a lot of people, like VBS, that's how people, that's how kids get saved is in VBS many times. So yay for that. We, we had it at Coker. We had all sorts of VBS. But we're going to disciple people different now. So maybe you should disciple people. Maybe you ought to get you a, an approach that says, I'm going to call so-and-so. I'm not going to tell them, now here's your discipleship lesson. But you could call them and say, hey, sweetie. I saw this in the Word the other day, and it really spoke to me about you. And God really wants to bless you and help you. And He gave me this Word for you. Or something. Something. Are y'all here? Amen. So we're changing for the second half. The second half is the latter half, and the latter is better than the former. So we're having the better half. I like to say we got ready in the first half. 
we adjusted some things, we, we figured out some things, we, uh, we uh, laid some things down and we picked some things up and now it's time to demonstrate in the second half. Uh, Jesus is coming back. We know that, but he's coming back maybe sooner than the world thinks and probably sooner than even the church thinks and probably sooner than even we think. And it's going to be pretty hard to get in front of where I think. But uh, Pastor Khan, I said, uh, he called me this morning. I, I said, well, how are you doing? He said, well, Jesus didn't come last night. I said, how do you know? And he said, because I'm still here. And I said, well, what's that got to do with it? <laughs> he said, well, nothing, but you're still here. And so I, I know he didn't come. He got me. He got me. So stir something up. Take a new approach. Can you do it? We can do it. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning that you are the initiator of every good thing. Every good thing comes down from you. So, Lord, we're asking you to inspire us in our new approach. Every area, even areas we didn't talk about tonight, Lord, every area, we would subject it to a new approach. Thinking about it different because... As we think, that's how it's going to go. Not how you say it's going to go, but how we say it's going to go. We ask you, Lord, to help us in our prayer time, in our meditation time, in our visiting time, to inspire us to love and good works. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right.